Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Happy 4th of July Eve. Is that what you call Independence Day Eve, everybody? Except for my friends over in England and Europe. But uh, for my friends in the United States, happy 4th of July Eve. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner, hang on a second, the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We're 45 strong up and down the state, which means we can get to you if you have a paranormal need or you think you have a paranormal need. But in some cases, we can't get to you for like one or two days because California is a huge state. And there's a lot of open spaces. But if we can't get to you, then we have mediums on staff who could call you and consult. And in most cases, calm down whatever's going on in, the, in your home or business until we can get there. Today's show is going to be by phone. Um, Heather, my good friend, came on. I uh, agreed to come last minute. I had, a, I had a strange week last week. And I was booking away. And then it dawned on me that I hadn't booked uh, t- today or Thursday. And so I had to... Call in some favors this weekend, which is what I did, and I got a hold of Heather, and she was willing to come on. So, yeah. The other thing with it being by phone is uh, you're not going to see a lot of me on screen because I, you know, it's, it's it's 89 right now, and I can feel the heat already coming. I had to turn the AC off to do this by phone, so it's going to be an interesting hour. <laughs> so I'm just hoping that uh, the, the the room holds, you know, holds the coolness when I'm under these big lights. Um. Anyway, I did something that I don't normally do, and, and I, I I don't know what possessed me to download one of those uh, phone apps, you know, the uh, like the ITC phone apps and stuff. And I, I put one on my phone the other day, and I, I was using it in here. And this is where I primarily film all my video, you know, for you guys, for TikTok, for, you know, for everywhere else. And, you know, unless I'm, unless I'm like having to do a product review or something, I do it in here because there's there's no room in here to do a product review. I, I did that in my other studio. Anyway, so I start to like turn this thing on and then, and, and you know, I'm very skeptical of these things, always have been. I've, I've never been a big proponent, you know, what is it, proponent of them. There's only one I've had over the 20 years that I actually still use that that uh, the team and I believe is, is decent, right? Okay, so anyway, I'm, I turn this thing on and I ask the question is there anybody in here with me? First thing that comes in, and you know, the ones I believe really are the full sentences, not the single words. Too hard to piece stuff together, right? So I tend to believe the full sentences. So the first thing I hear is, am I on video? That got my attention, right? I was like, who is this, right? I kind of stopped it after a few minutes <laughs> after that. Because, I mean, I did not, this was, what's the last thing I expected was something to come on and say, am I on video? Wow. You know, so that, that was really significant. And then yesterday, Nancy Matz and I were playing around with it, and uh, we were doing it, like, through the phone for her house and, and different things to, to, to see what we would come up with. And it came, you know, there, there was stuff that came on there that, that that made a lot of sense to both of us, you know, stuff that, you know, between my house and hers. So it's, it, it, it was interesting. But uh, I think that really got my attention and my eyes must have bulged out like 10 times, you know, whoa, whoa, 10 times her size when the first thing that was said was, am I on video? <laughs> wow. 
Okay, that being said, you can find California Haunts on Facebook, YouTube. Um, but yeah, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. It's one of those days. It's already getting hot here. Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, um, uh, Twitter, and Twitch. And on Facebook, we are California Haunts. It's under my name as well. You guys that know me, so you can find me. On uh, oh Instagram, I am under Ghosty Gal. You can find me there as well. If I'm well, if you're over on YouTube, that's California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team over on YouTube. And the, the address for that is youtube.com forward slash California Haunts Radio. I kind of switched it up. And then when you talk about um, Twitter, we are, I believe, I believe we're California Haunts on Twitter. And then we are Cal Haunts on Twitch. And then lowercase California Haunts at TikTok. Now, the only thing I ask tonight is if you like what you hear and you're watching from Facebook, please be sure to leave a thumbs up, a happy face, or something like that. Because what happens is there's an uh, algorithm. And when you do stuff like that, it puts us up higher in the algorithm, all right? Same thing with YouTube. If you like what you hear, please do that because that, that helps with the algorithm over YouTube. Also, if you haven't done it so already and you like what you hear tonight, please be sure to follow. Hit that follow button for, for uh, California Haunts and me. Hit that follow button over, the, over on Facebook and hit that, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. It doesn't cost anything, all right? And if you go on our YouTube page, there's 631 videos over there to look at. All divided into folders for your easy perusal. All right. One more quick announcement, and I'm going to bring Heather on. Uh, I have I have a class I'm teaching. I'm, I'm recruiting team members, so I'll be teaching a very intense Ghost Hunting 101 class on Saturday. And then Sunday, there's openings for a class that, uh, you know, if, if you don't want to be, be ghost hunting, you know, with, with a group, you want to just, like, go, go to yourself and check out some haunted place or something like that. I'm teaching I'm not so much a class as a seminar that will show you the places you can go and do that. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, and we've we've gone almost everywhere in Northern California, and so we also have evidence from those places that we're going to be sharing with you. And these are places where you can go have dinner, you can like stay the night if you want. Sometimes, uh, like the like the case of the Wooden Opera House, they they give walking tours through. So it's stuff like that. Okay. So it's easy access places that you can go on your own. So uh, that'll be Sunday. And if you want information on that, visit the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team meetup page and go under events. Okay, that being said, my guest tonight is an old friend of mine. I've known her. We, we never met in person. It's one of those deals. But I've known her since I've been, pretty much since I've been doing this show. I've known her for about, and, and that, not this show, but I mean this show. Because before I was on here for, for, for these three years or whatever it is, I was on Block Talk Radio for like 10 years. So I've known Heather, Lock, Heather Locklear. Oh, my God. I've known Heather Woodward going back to my Block Talk Radio days. So I've known her for a long time. She graciously came on at the last minute. She is on vacation, you know, for, for the July 4th weekend. But So she's graciously said she will do the show. So I'm real happy with that. She's got internet issues. My internet issues aren't that great today. So it's going to be a phone and interview. I'm just going to let you guys know. But we're going to be talking about the Acacia Records. So let me call Heather and get rolling here. Get this show on the road. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Hang on. Let me get you in your spot here. I'm going to put you in your box. Come on, don't 
Can you hear me okay? I can, yes. Perfect. Fantastic. I had to change the way I do it in here because I, I reconfigured everything, so I have to put you in a box. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't have those fancy phone thingies, you know? So it's a box with a mic in the middle of it. <laughs> I totally get it. So how are you today? I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm good. It's hot here. Very hot. But it's, I figure, yeah. It's normal for 4th of July. It's like Arizona here today, you know? It's Arizona temperatures. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, wow. So for people that don't know about you, tell us about you. Uh, when I start, I always get so confused by that question. I should know this. I have a podcast for Christ's sake. Um, so I am a tarot reader. The reading tarot for well, the reading tarot for good twenty years now. Professionally, um, I've written four books on haunted locations, with an investigator. Uh, what else? A channel. I do all kinds of stuff. It's just. You have been around. You have been around for a long time. Yeah, this episode is pretty much my life at this point. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I ever saw you was on this. You had this fantastic website. Oh, wow. And Thanks. I remember when Nancy Matz, you know, me and Nancy Matz and I were looking to build a website. She said, "You got to see this, Heather Woodward." <laughs> I said, "Okay, let's go see the site." I mean, it was impressive. Wow, thank you. Like, I always hated all my websites, so thank you for that. I totally appreciate that. Yeah, she she loved it. She says, man, I want to build one like hers. And I went, yeah, I think it's really cool. Wow. So, oh, my goodness. So are you on vacation right now, or what's happening? Yes, I'm in North Carolina right now, of all places. I live in Arkansas, but I'm in North Carolina. I'm visiting a friend, and um, we're doing some catching up and some healing. And so we're going to be, after this, I'm going to be doing um meditating with him and transmitting some energy because it's a full moon and capricorn and we're like yeah this is the perfect time to do this kind of work so yeah well i thank you for taking time out of your vacation last minute to do this i was telling them oh, that no i was so intent on booking stuff for this week that if i dawned on me because i'm used to fourth of july being like on a monday you know and it dawned oh, on me God. i hadn't booked anything for today <laughs> Acacia records. Keepers, and you can go there and you can look at it and say, okay, 
um, what's what happened in my past life or what's happening in my life or what timeline am I on today? Because sometimes we we don't know or what's the path coming up or what are my canon events or, or how does that look or how is, how is this one past life affecting me now? Or, so you can do a lot of things with it and then you can get really, really fancy with it, which is kind of where I am. And that because I've done it for so long, mm-hmm. is you can do a quantum with it. You're like, okay, well, on this timeline, I don't really like this timeline. So, record keeper, what do I got to do to get on the other timeline and move some timelines to get up where I need to be? Or, or how do I choose different so that I can move forward and achieve this one thing that I need to manifest because I'm obviously not doing it right now? Um, that's the thing right now, especially. We are living longer lives, and so. I noticed with the Akashic, especially, um, other lifetimes, we didn't live this long. So we sometimes get into situations where we get old enough where we're like, wait a minute, I got to change some stuff because this is not working for me anymore. And then we get kind of stuck and then we have to, we have to change our patterns or, or, or change our, our, our timeline. So it's, it's really interesting. Um, actually, I was having a conversation with my friend before this, and he said, like, isn't your Akashic Records in your DNA? And I was like, that's really interesting that you say that, because no, but you can access your past life through your DNA, and you can access your, your, your patterning and your timelines through your DNA if you really wanted to. And I was like, that's so interesting that you could do it that way, too. And I thought that was so... Fascinating because in a way, even though your conscious records are in your body, they kind of are. Okay. Um, and that had me thinking there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody, yeah. like you were, you were talking about the various ways to like access them. Could just anybody do that, or does it have to be a psychic like you or a medium? Doesn't have to be a psychic, no. So I, I talk about Linda now, but she's like the main person. If you want to learn how to read. They crash the records. She has these prayers in these books that you can you can access, and and she talks about your your ancestors, your keepers, and your guides, and um, you can ask them to open the records for you. It it helps if you are psychic because you know like anything if you're channeling, it it opens up those pathways for you. But you don't need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I do it completely different though. I have studied so many different ways of opening the Akashic records. Um, the prayers don't really do it for me. Um, that's how most people do it though. And they just don't, they don't do it for me. I never really quite got the hang of it. I'm more quantum with my stuff though, but then I've been doing this for over 20 years. You know what I mean? So right. I have my own way of doing things and I, I channel. So it, it's, it's a lot easier for me. The way that I learned how to do it is through Tracy Goody. And she goes to the eighth dimension back down into the fifth. Okay. And so you actually travel up into the eighth dimension. And then you move through the eighth dimension and then you move back down to where you need to be. And I, I find that to be a little bit easier for me because I'm already up in that area already doing readings. And so I find that to be a little more quantum too, where you can really access the past, present, and the future. And you can really, really move into those quantum states where you can change timelines and stuff like that. Like, um, now, if you're just going for straight reading, the Linda Howell method is, is actually really, really good because it's kind of like a, a child reading on crack. I never knew that Linda Howe did that stuff. Say again? I never knew that she did that stuff. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. 
Really cool. Well, I think it's a different level how you Well, maybe I am too. Who knows? <laughs> um, when you talk about the, the, the record keepers, who and what are they? So your record keepers can be anybody. And that's the thing. You never know. Usually in my experience, this is just in my experience only based on my 20 plus years of doing this. Um, so, you know, it's not like I'm just pulling this out of my butt. But um, they can be, usually your record keeper has been with you for a very long time. Like um, my record keeper, I was a little surprised at my record keeper. And people don't believe me when I say this, but um, my record keeper is actually a Nord. And a Nord is a Palladian. And I was like, wait a minute. How is it that our record keeper is an alien? And he's like, well, I've been with you lots and lots of lifetimes. You figure it out. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, but sometimes they're angels. So I've heard a lot of people say they're angels. Sometimes they can be somebody that you knew in a past life that decided to reincarnate and become your, your keeper. Sometimes they're people you don't know. It just depends. But usually they've been with you for lifetimes. So when you show up, they're like, hey, what's up? I know you. You know what I mean? There is a, a recognition where they have been with you for so many past lives that they can kind of give you hints, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Is this the is this who shows you like like, like when you when you die? Is this where the, 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 the flashbacks come from? Is from the record keepers? That's a very good question. Um, I'm pretty sure yes. I'm gonna say yes. Um, only because with my experiences with the Akashic, you do have so much access to your past, present, and your future. And you can look at it at the same time, too. Like, I really believe in the, holog the idea of the holographic uh, universe where, mm -hmm. you know, you're kind of standing in the middle of it. And if you stand there, you can literally see your past, present, and future. And you can tell the past to make way for a better future, you know, that kind of thing. And right. I certainly feel like the Akashic Records have that kind of power if you so choose to use it. Now, most people just use it to read. Mm -hmm. um, I Actually, it's so weird that you're doing an interview with me about this because I did an interview with somebody else last week on my podcast about the records because I wanted to see her take on it and she was such an interesting person. Mm -hmm. But she does it mostly for, um, she uses it mostly to help people with um, their patterns in this section. And, you know, how, I mean, okay, sometimes patterning is just nurturing, you know, nurture versus nature, or it's, it's the things we get stuck in based on our own traumas and such. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, and you'll know, and anybody who's experienced this has felt it, sometimes there is this, this weird knowing, like, oh, this isn't from this lifetime. I'm repeating something. That this feels way too familiar, and I don't know how to explain it better than I know that was a little esoteric, but it really is that. Or I've I've talked to people about this. We're like, yeah, this is I'm repeating a pattern. I recognize I'm repeating the pattern, but yet I can't find the focal point for it. And it's this feeling of like deja vu, or this feeling of of this is not now why does this feel bigger than that and when you get those kinds of experiences especially when it has to do with a death or it has to do with with something that has to do with like keep keep repeating the same patterns with loved ones or lovers um yeah some of that is absolutely patterning some of that is absolutely trauma responses and so my god it's it's definitely in this lifetime but 
sometimes you keep running into the same person over and over and over again in different people. Right. That is that is past life. That is where you're like, okay, why do all my boyfriends look like? <laughs> what is going on here? <laughs> you know. Um, and then and you can go back into the records and you can really find that focal point and then heal through that. Usually, it gets rid of the karma, so you change the pattern. Okay. Okay, that makes um, sense. So th- that's a really good way of using the records. It's when you get an Akashic reading, that is what it's good for. It's good for pinpointing trauma points. It's good for um, pinpointing past life stuff. It's it's great for um, what I use it for, and I do it a little differently. Um, so I do Akashic records reading, but mine are a little more expensive because of how I do them. Mm-hmm. I actually take you with me. I'm like, we are going to create a point where I'm going to take you through the meditation with me. And I'm just going to facilitate it and give you the energy boost you need to move through the the records yourself. So that way, if you ever want to go back, it's easy now because you have this this focal point. You, you have like a, I think it was, I think it was like an expo. It's like now you have this key in order to get into your own records. So now you don't need me anymore. Um, and I find that is more... I don't, I don't use it like a tarot reading. I can, I can channel, so I can give you the information you need. But mm-hmm. if I, when I take people into the records that way, it's so much more empowering for them because they can meet their record keeper and they can see it for themselves. And they can make choices in real time where I have, I got the chills because I'm literally taking people there and literally have changed timelines in real time. And they wake up the next morning and they're like, yeah, something shifted. I'm like, yeah, you, you changed it. And then the next week, they start getting glitches and things start to move around. And I know this sounds really weird, but it really does happen. And it's it's very quantum because they they decided to make new choices and they have created these new pathways with the record keeper based on experiences they want to have, not on karma Mm -hmm. and what they've done in other past lives, which is really a a interesting way of, of like evolving and awakening um and really really taking control of your life in some way not that you you, you can't get around canon events that you can't there's mm-hmm. just certain points in time where um you can't you can't get rid of things i mean i'm in a situation now where i'm like really want to keep repeating this or not because we can do it this way we did it last time time we've done this a lot of times mm-hmm. so when are we going to stop doing this so are we going to do it now or are we going to do it next lifetime? And I'm all like, that just sounds so weird when I say that out loud. But it's absolutely true. I, I, I know for a fact with that person that I'm like, hmm, I, I don't get a choice here. We're going to face this or we're not. So there are definitely kind of events that you can't get around. But you can absolutely change your future at any time. So that gets if that makes sense. It does. This is very interesting. When you talk about dimensions, how, how many dimensions are there? Well, um, it, it depends on, on what system you're working with. I tend to think there's 12, but that's based on the systems that I'm using, you know, a lot of theosophy and stuff like that. And I go old school with myself, but there's 12. But then I've heard people say there's 17, there's 20. Um, of course, I've heard that Metatron is in the 30th. So, um, 
it it depends. Uh, but there are definitely eight for sure that we we work with all the time. There's a third dimension, obviously, which is what we're in now. Mm-hmm. There's the fourth dimension, um, which which I consider to be like the mental state, or the fifth dimension is actually mental state, but the fourth dimension is like the ethereal state, like where we go when we ask to travel, and then the fifth dimension is where the records usually are created and and held, and that's more like your mental state. That's just beyond the astral. Um, and then six, seven, and eight are more geared towards angelic beings, that kind of stuff. Um, and then the ninth to the twelfth are really, nobody really goes there. I've only been on the ninth dimension once, and it was kind of weird. It was kind of like this weird, spacey place, um, where I was like, hmm, nobody goes here. <laughs> I think so. It's a very, um, I think as as human beings, we usually stick to the first eight. I mean, we go, when we, we dream, we go into, like, the fourth mm-hmm. and fifth. Um, depending on if you're having, like, visions in your dreams or clairvoyance or if you're just dreaming, dreaming. But we tend to stick there. And then, you know, psychics, many people go higher up mm-hmm. to do, you know, that real strong uh, timeline work or quantum work. Um and again, this is just based on what I know and what I've experienced. You may talk to somebody else who's like, oh, yeah, there's 47 dimensions. I'm like, great. Um, I, I'm sure you've followed into all of them, too. Uh, that's, uh, in my in my work and the stuff that I've done, there's 12. So. And when you talk about going to these places, was it hard at first to get into these dimensions when, when you were first learning how to do it? Yes. Oh, my um, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> So, people always tell me when they get readings, but they're like, are you really reading or are you channeling? I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, that was for a lot of years, and then I started realizing, yeah, a lot of my readings are just channeling. They're just kind of moving into that, that space. Um, when I first started, in, just for anybody who wants to start like channeling or starting doing like, some of the, the bigger work, I, mean, I started reading channeling when I was 14. So... Um, and then I got really into it at 26. That's when I really, really hit that that place where I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this for a living. Um, but so reading all the time and reading people and then like I'm kind of investigating to that. You know, you get you get into those those higher grounds. You're always in that energy, you know. So you kind of get used to it. Um, and then from there, I, I did a lot of meditating, a lot of vision work, a lot of um, practicing on other people to see, like, mediumship, especially, like, practicing on people. Like, how can I read you a little, go a little deeper and just kind of pushing myself? Um, and then when I started doing it, like, heavily with the Akashic, the first few readings I did, I was so tired, and I got a headache, and a couple of times I thrown up. It's really taxing on your system. And then once you kind of figure it out, and you realize that it, like, you have to do a lot of meditating. Mm-hmm. If you really want to do, like, this kind of work, meditate. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds so trite, but it's so true. Like, I meditate almost every single night. Um, and I notice when I do that, the, the information just comes that much quicker. And you can... You start practicing. Like one of the things I did. This is like so silly, but it's true. Okay, what's the fifth dimension look like? Let's go there. Okay, what's the sixth dimension look like? Let's go there. And you just go deep in meditation, and then you you 
put yourself in that place and you, you make the intention. And even when I do it with other people, um, like my readings, I tell people, I say, don't do one of my Akashic readings unless you have some experience with tarot or with readings. Or I said, do a tarot reading for me because I can channel the information for you. But if you're doing an Akashic reading with me, make sure you have some experience because I'm going to push you. I'm going to push you straight up into the eighth dimension. It's going to hurt. It's not going to hurt, hurt. Like, it'll give you a little bit of a headache. I'm not going to lie. But if you're not used to it, um, I'll facilitate it and I'll push you. And you can use it as a battery, and it should be fine. But um, there is a little bit of tiredness that comes from it. There's a little bit of, like, ooh, I did some work. Um, but, yeah, if you're looking to do this kind of work, definitely meditate. Definitely practice. Play around with it. Um, there are many, many years that I'm like, well, what can I do with this? What can mm -hmm. I do with that? Like, reading books. Like, I've read all of Linda Hell books. I don't, I don't like her sister at all. But... I went through and read all of her books. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and then I read, um, her last name is St. Germain. I don't remember her first name. But she does stuff the 5G, um, you know, quantum, uh, Akashic record reading, which is like, I'm so interested in that. But even that stuff seemed like so out there when I first started reading it and I started practicing it. And then I'm like, okay, what's next? And then through Tracy Giddy, I did the, the, the eighth dimension. Um, Akashic Record reading, and that's really right. I was like, yes, this is what I need. This is exactly, I love doing quantum stuff for, stuff for me. It feels really, really natural for other people. They feel like it's kind of too much, but it's, I wouldn't have gotten there if I wasn't curious and just pushing myself all the time to, to keep opening the channels and keep, um, well, you know, like, I just looked at my, so I, I've been keen for 15 years. I just looked mm -hmm. at my, um, my stats. I've done over 30,000 readings. So, I mean, if you think about that, and that's not, that's just on that one site. I mean, that's not including the readings that I've done for my personal clients. So, mm -hmm. we're probably like about 40,000 readings at this point. I mean, if I'm not pushing myself, then mm -hmm. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You know what I mean? It's at that point. Um, I should just go home. You know what I mean? Like at a certain point you have to start evolving and right. Right. And changing the game a little bit, if that makes sense. Right. And I can vouch for meditation. I mean, I got to get back into it. Cause I used to meditate in the mornings and then in the evenings. And I tell you, it did something for my health. I mean, I felt a lot better because I think all that, all that stress and stuff was coming off of me, you know, wherever I went to visit on my beach or whatever. But I mean, it really helped. And I can also vouch for being, sensitive and being on a ghost hunt and not being grounded properly and getting what I call goose by a ghost and how tiring oh, yeah, it is definitely. and you know yeah. And, yeah, how exhausting it is and I know for, for mediums and psychics that, that do a lot of work and, and deal with this stuff it's hard on them it is it's not hard anymore it used to be harder like I think I mean well, I don't investigate as much but I used to investigate a lot and um, I've been on some, some big investigations recently and I'm like wow these used to wear me out, and now it doesn't even phase me. And I'm like, yes, it's the years of meditation. I know it is because there's no other way. But if you get into a really good meditation practice, um, and this is something I tell people, and this is really important. People are like, I can't sit still for 30 minutes. I'm like, either can I. I have a monkey, a monkey brain like crazy. I'm so ADHD as I'm fighting. Um, I mean, that's yeah, there's no way. I'm like, blah, 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 all the time. My 
too much. So, so finding other ways to meditate. Like for me, I have to have some kind of binaural beat. I really, really react to that very well. Or like a white noise or a pink noise or a brown noise. Or um, I need something to to uh, sometimes I just do ones that have like affirmations. Mm -hmm. Uh, because my monkey mind will focus on the words, and then the rest of me is actually meditating. So it kind of gives my my monkey mind something to do, so I can move into that state. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the one thing that I could explain to people. Like, if I, and, and like people are so hesitant to meditate because of that. Or running. Running is a good, good meditation. Or walking. Go put headphones on and listen to your favorite music and just walk. And zone out. That is a great meditation, and it puts you in the same relaxed state. I can't remember it's up and it's delta waves. I can't remember. I'm not that cool. But um, the 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 waves of meditation happen through knitting. Even if you like knitting, knit. knitting is a great meditation technique. Absolutely. Um, because you have you stitches and counting stitches is actually very very relaxing and meditative. You know. Right. So, Focusing on that. Now, when when yeah. somebody wants to uh, go on a body, say that to to see to to visit their akashic records, I mean, do you suggest them do it? They're doing it with someone like you, or can people figure this out on their own? I would suggest you do it with somebody first. Not gonna lie, um, it's hard. It's not it's not easy. Um, I mean, if you're new, if you okay, I'll, I'll say this: if you're a medium or you've got a it's probably not as hard as you think. Um, if you don't do those kinds of things, if you're not already in the divination, you know, world, it's going to be tough for you. Um, that's why I actually think mental health, but that's why mental health stuff is kind of the best place to to start. Mm -hmm. um, she has a little bit of a book called How to Read the Akashic. Um, and it's a, it's a yellow orange book. It's really popular. I know everybody's seen it. Anyway, mm -hmm. it's um, the prayers in her book and the meditations in her books are are very straightforward and very easy to to deal with. Um, if you're just going in to look at something, to read yourself or to read another person, that's what I would suggest. Um, you don't have to go as crazy with it with than, than I do. I'm I hate to say this, but um, I'm kind of at the I'm past the 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 intermediate level now, I'm an advanced person, you know what I mean? I've done this for way too long. So, right. um, and I, I say that humbly, I'm not saying like, oh yeah, I'm an egotistical person and I do all these things. No, it's just, I put in the time and the work. And so the way that I do things is just my way and it's a little bit more um, intense. Um, but if you're just an average person and you're looking to like, oh, I want to see what my past lives are, um, definitely go to Linda Hollow because that is going to give you the information that you need to to do those more, I, I air quote, light readings where you don't have to tell, delve too deeply. Um, I call it, uh, you know, um, getting the most prominent, prevalent information, the stuff that's really going to get you going and affect your life. Because usually the stuff that comes up is the the most prominent energies in your karma or your, your life cycles. And so that's probably what you're dealing with right now on some level. It's going to give you the information. Like, um, say you're a Viking and now you like Viking stuff and you love all the Viking movies. You're like, why am I so obsessed with that? Right. If you if you do something, if you do those lighter readings, they're not really light, but they're lighter readings. Um, 
then you're going to be like, oh, wow, I was a Viking during this time period. Well, that makes sense as to why I do the things I do now. It, like, it just kind of brings those aspects to the forefront. And then you're like, well, why do I want to this lifetime? Why am I connected to that lifetime? When you start asking those questions, even if you're not in the records, through meditation or just through your dream work sometimes, you can set the attention in your dream work to be like, okay, tonight my intention is to find out the reason why I like Viking stuff this lifetime, even though I was a Viking thousands of years ago. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, you may not get the answer that night, but sometime in that week, you will start dreaming about why you like Viking and stuff. And that's, that's really the coolest part of this is that once you open the records and kind of find out the information that you need, then you can do automatic writing, you can do pendulum work, you can do dream work, you can do tarot readings on it because now you have the information in your consciousness and now you have to stuff into the rest of the work for you. Um, and I think that's really cool because, like my friend said, it's probably in your DNA. So you can jump on that if you want to. You don't always right. have to go into the records. But, um, but you can if you want. I do all the time. Like, anytime I have a question, like, I was going to the records with the other records say, um, sometimes they're like, no, they're not going to tell you. I'm like, great, thanks. That was helpful. Um, they're like, we'll tell you in a different way. I'm like, okay. But at least they went there to look at it to see if, it, if this has any significance or if I'm just, you know, tripping out on something. Because you never know. <laughs> it sounds so, I'm talking about this, I'm like, man, this sounds really crazy. Uh, but this is, like, my life. And um, I always tell people this, too. Like, if you don't believe in that, that's fine. If you don't believe in past lives, that's fine. It doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. So even if it's just trauma from this lifetime, right? Right. And you don't believe in that stuff. Just the idea of looking outside of yourself as a as a past life as maybe just a psychological tool to get yourself outside of yourself long enough to see what the pattern is. Then I say that's evolution, you know. So you don't have to be woo to like do this stuff. You don't. You can see it however you want to see it because. Sometimes I'm like, I don't even know if I believe in past lives. Yet I do past life readings and I go to the Catholic records. I don't even know if I believe in that either. But then I'm like, yeah, but it's a great tool to learn about yourself and to learn about your patterning. And it's a great tool to get outside of yourself, to to learn why you do the things that you do. So I see it more as that. I see it more as a tool to connect to those hidden aspects of yourself that maybe you're hiding from yourself and maybe you don't want to see. So you can look at it that way too. Absolutely. Now you mentioned earlier that um, the keepers of the records could be it could be um, angels. It could be your your you know your, your your guiding spirits. What 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 do they look like when you encounter them? Do, do they look human or do they look ethereal? They look human most of the time. Most of the time, they kind of see that human form because that's easier. Just like I feel like. Um, most things do <laughs> because like even angels like I, people are like oh yeah the angel looks so nice and friendly i'm like have you ever seen the biblical versions of angels they're, they're pretty terrifying um i think what happens is we interpret them the way that we 
need to in order for them to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't really think angels look very pretty. But I think that we interpret them that way with the big wings and they look very angelic, you mm-hmm. know, because that's how we can deal with it so that we don't become afraid of them. And I think they, they put on a little glamour so that we can do that. But most of the time they do look human. Um, I know with my person, my record keeper, my main person, um, if I look too closely at him, his skin is the wrong shade. And it's a little bit too nice. Like, it's a little bit too alabaster. Is that how I say it? It's not, like, normal skin. But, mm-hmm. Or his eyes. His eyes don't have that, like, that soul connected to it when we look at people. Um, so there's always little variances where I'm like, yeah, you're not, you, you're, they don't look like this in real life. Like, like I can tell that. But um, for me, he's really tall, too. He's like eight feet tall. Wow. But in order for me to deal with him, she keeps that form. Mm-hmm. And he always wears, like, it's silly. Um, he always wears, wears, like, this white robe and sandals. Like, he's like, I'm, I'm doing the thing for you. I look, like, very uh, angelly. Like, I look, I look very much, very angelic. He's got, like, blue blue eyes and blonde hair, he kind of shimmers and shines a little bit, and I'm like, yeah, you're just putting it all on, he's like, yeah, I'm putting it on the show for you, and I'm like, cool, that's great, that's how I need it to be, so, um, I don't want to talk to some weird, crazy being that I can't stand, you know what I mean, right, um, so, depending on where you are, uh, how comfortable you feel about other beings, is how you're going to see them, now, sometimes people see them as as loved ones. Okay. So like, oh, that's what grandpa's doing now. Okay. Um, I've, I've had people say that. Um, or the keeper might not be that person, but the but the person that takes them to the records, to the door, mm-hmm. or or you know, just um, or shows them the way to the records is a loved one because we need that extra. Um, support in order right. to get there because of some kind of fear. So it happens different for everybody. Well, it makes me think about that too, and I think I think that is like you say, it's it's a comfort thing. It's it's a coping mechanism for for your brain to go to, to go to these planes. It's like the, the, the there's some abductees contactees that have said that the the, the there's a group of, of aliens that look like angels that to take them aboard ships. You know, so I think I think in a way it's a coping mechanism to make you more relaxed, you know, and not see them as they are, like you say. Yeah, see, I don't think there's a group of angels. I think you're absolutely right. I think that's how we interpret it because it's easier. Yeah, it's easier to take. Now, when you think about records, I mean, the first thing you think of is like after you die and you go into the hall of records and there's all these records all all over the place, you know, and then, then you're able to to look at your stuff. Is, is that what it's like? Or, or, or how, how do they have your records organized for you to look at it? Depends. People have told me different things. Um, for me, when I go up, it's literally a hall. It's like a, well, I'm very much into to like that Roman look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the marble statue Roman look. So I have columns and I have to go up these really great big stairs. And there's a, there's a, a pool like a, a waiting pool mm-hmm. that's in a garden and so sometimes before i go into the records i go to the the, the waiting pool and 
really pretty marble seat. I go sit on the bench and I chill out before I go. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not what I created for myself to make it feel really cool. And then I go into this big hall that's kind of echoey. And then my record keeper is like, here's your book. So mine's a book. And I like it to look at the book. Well, actually, I have a whole room of books. It's not just one book. But um, I have a whole shelf. And then some of my records on parchment paper, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know why. They just are. They look like architecture plans. So we roll out these giant scrolls on these big tables and we look at it. Um, and I know that's purely for my benefit. Um, that's so cool, rolling out these pieces of parchment. Um, but other people have described nobody. I mean, I've had other people describe the, the garden with the waiting pool. Um, I think it's fun. Very interesting. Um, some people have described uh, just a room. Uh, so each one, they just saw a white room and it was sterile. It was a sterile white room. Mm-hmm. Kind of void in space. So I'm like, that's interesting. Um, other people have told me it's a house. Okay. Other people have told me it's a warehouse. So, um, but most everybody has said there's a book. There's some kind of book that they go and grab or like a, a shelf of books. So that is something that is across the board is pretty standard. Um, the, the way that I see it is with the, uh, the big room, you know, with that kind of like Coliseum, like that Coliseum, like that, the more the Roman book, okay. um, a lot of people have described that. So, um, I, I think that's something that a lot of people have seen. I kind of think of it as, as a, a Gregor kind of, you know, an Gregor. it's like uh-huh. one of those things where... Some people have experienced it that way, that it's kind of is that way now. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, too, which is really interesting, and I've had other people tell you this, too, is that you will see other people with their record keepers walking around. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Sometimes. And I'm like, hmm, what that's about? Are these people that I know, or, you know, because I don't really know who they are because I don't really pay attention too much. But I have encountered when I'm sitting there on the on the park bench. I have seen other people walk by. And I'm like, that's. I wonder if these are people in my cell family, or how am I able to see them? Right. That is curious. Yeah. Now the other question, another question I have, kind of connected to the one about after you die, before you're reborn, are you able to go through your records and, and, and decide what you're going to do with your next life, or how does that work? You know, that's a really great question, and I thought about that before. I really, truly believe that sometime in your lifetime, you decide what you want to do next. Because in my records, I have a lot of stuff that's crossed out. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, because it's not connected to what my sole purpose is now, what I've decided that I want to do, because I change stuff up so much. Right. Um, but, like, I literally see whole passages crossed out. Um, so I'm pretty sure somewhere, either before you get reincarnated or in some capacity somewhere, you go to the records to write stuff down. But it, it has to be. Mm-hmm. It has to be. There has to be a place, because... How else would you know what to do for the next lifetime? I mean, right. it's not that everything's set in stone because it's not. 
but we definitely have canon events. We definitely do. We definitely have stuff that you can't change. Um, and that's based on, I truly believe that's based on karma. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not the full expert on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Based on my 20 years of experience, I can tell you that much of your canon events either have to do with people, like old loved ones, like, okay, well, you died from war in this life, so we're going to reincarnate together again, and we're going to try this whole love affair again, and we'll see if we can get it right this time. There's that. Or it has to do with karma. Like, um, I don't really feel like learning this lesson this lifetime, so just push it back. Um, and I've heard that, I've heard that happen so many times. What are they going to do with this lifetime? Mm-hmm. Well, you, you, you said, so you're kind of bound right now. Um, now you can change those contracts, obviously. Not obviously, I guess it's not obvious, but um, to me it is. But um, you can change those contracts and say, I don't want one in this lifetime either. So put it somewhere else. But it's kind of like your mortgage. It, it kind of goes on the back end. You know, if you lose a payment and then you have a payment arrangement, it goes on the back end. So you, it's not like you can totally bypass it. You're still going to have to do it. But you may do it another lifetime in a different way. Uh, or you may have to do it later on in life. Yeah, that makes sense. The other thing I was going to ask you too with these records, can you? Okay, obviously you you can look in the book, but is there a visual with that too? Are you able to look back at your other life? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Usually, people experience their past lives like they're happening now. Okay, it's a really weird experience. Um, you go into meditation. Um, there, I have a, I have a really weird past life, um, where I did something, and so I went into the record, and I'm like, show me what I need to see, why is this happening now, show me where the connection is, I need to know where, where the point is, that I need to, the wound, and they're like, okay, if you want to see it, and I'm like, yep, let's do it, so I went in, I swear, it was like I was there. I was like, oh, this is not a good one. They're like, you wanted to see it. Like, okay. It's sort of like watching a movie, but you're the movie. So you recognize yourself. The person has characteristics like you. You may look different physically, Mm -hmm. but they feel like you. And I think that's the strangest part is there's an energetic signature that you recognize. Okay. And... As they're doing the thing, you feel the emotions, like you're there. So even though you're watching it in third person, you're feeling it in first person. Um, it's a strange experience because you're like, wow, I'm, I know I understand because I'm so connected to it. Because uh, even uh, the reason I'm not telling you about it is because when I talk about it, I, I get really, really emotional because it's one of the core wounds that I have in this lifetime. And it's, it's not going away. Um, that's one of the ones where you're like, well, you, you, you kind of messed that one up. So, um, look at that. Uh, you can, you can work around it. You can, you can change it in this lifetime, but the, the core wound or the core emotions behind that situation, that will never go away. It's just a, it's, we have, we have lifetimes like that. Um, I find that many people who have lifetimes where they were in love, like completely in love with the person they were supposed to marry and be with the rest of their life, and then all of a sudden that person goes to war, that person gets killed. Um, those kinds of wounds we just don't get over. We 
we carry them over into all of our lifetimes and we keep repeating them until we figure it out. And even if we figure it out, the, um, the wound of that doesn't quite go away. It heals, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's, it's something that just sticks with us. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It's not like you can't get rid of it, but it's, it's, it wounds you. Like it wounds your intrinsic being that, that idea that the person you love just goes away. You know, you can't do anything about it. It's, um, well, that was my next question was that, okay, if you, if you have a past life like that where someone gets killed in the war or murdered or something, can you go back, can you choose in your next life to be with that person again? Or is that person going to be like an outlier in your family or a friend or whatever the next life? either like so if that person chooses to do it again as well like okay can we not get killed this time that'd be great mm-hmm. um then you will run into them and you'll keep running into them and that's the thing like there are there are people that i've met that i've talked to who are like so we broke up i thought about past life about it they thought about their past life about it we broke up and we can't get rid of each other we really can't get rid of each other well well uh, one of my friends, oh, like, she's like, I broke up with him like five or six times. Ten years later, I married him. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean you married him? <laughs> yeah, I can't hear him there. It was like a thing anytime I made choices, we live in different states. <laughs> like, like, I was like, no. And all of a sudden, he shut up my door. I'm like, how does that even happen? She's like, that's why, man. Like, we just decided that they do it. The universe is like, you gotta keep doing it until you figure it out because the car is not going away. So we just have people like that. Most mm-hmm. of the time, if you're a, if you have a lover in a past life, they're gonna end up as a lover in this lifetime. Um, most people don't choose to be, like you said, outliers. Right. Most people don't choose to be brothers or anything like that. Usually, both souls want to get it right. Um, which is kind of interesting if you think about it. Um. Like, what, what drives us to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes you get it right, and then you're like, okay, this was really good. Let's do it again. Let's try to do that again. Let's let's just try to make it better the next lifetime. You have a better relationship. Let's make this happen. And, um, and then you find that person again in another lifetime, and, it's, it's, um, and you're like, well, I, I recognize you. There's something about you that I just want to experience again. Um, and then there's other people that just never get it get it right and um yeah um i know like okay so like usually the people around you like your mom your parents your brothers and sisters usually they've been other people in your even your friends usually they've been other people in past lives so like we take turns so your mom could be your sister in one lifetime your mom could be your dad in another past life you know what i mean it's it's we tend to, like, I want to try this role now. Um, so you kind of stick with your soul group on a certain level. You can add people and take people out of your soul group, but like, you don't have to stick with them always. Um, but for the most part, we do tend to run into the same people 
um, or we do tend to stick to our soul groups, strangely enough. Interesting. Now, when you look at your uh, records, I mean, is everything in there, like you, even the bad stuff you've done? You know, because I mean, not not yeah. everybody's going to do good stuff. Let's face it. We're not all everything angelic. is in there. So everything's yeah, in there. All. Wow. The good and the bad. Like I said, the one pop-up I was talking about was not a good situation. I was not a good person. And I'm like, damn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Messed that up. All right. Okay. Well, how am I supposed to like reconcile that? Um. That was a dumb move. But yes, you can see when you've killed people, you can, I, I know people that are like, I poison people in my past life. <laughs> I'm not surprised, I say that to them, that sounds just like you. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does, actually. Um, but, like, so maybe that's why I'm trying to be nice this lifetime. Yes, you're trying to be nice because you poisoned a bunch of people last lifetime. <laughs> okay? I guess I can look that. You know what I mean? It's right. not, there's no judgment to it. I mean, um, you, you just, you know, now there are lifetimes sometimes in the records, especially like, yeah, you're not ready to see that. Um, those lifetimes, those are the hardest ones because you have little, you have little values in that. If you go into the records, you do have little um, snippets of them. You can see snippets of them, but you can't see the full thing mm -hmm. until you're ready. And sometimes they're like, until you evolve a little bit farther ahead, we're not going to show it to you. You're just not ready. You're not ready. The, the emotional implications of this is going to be too great. Um, and so they do protect you. The universe does protect you. Your, your, your record keepers do protect you. They don't show you stuff until you're absolutely ready or when you can face it head on. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I just so sometimes, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. I was just saying sometimes you'll find records will fall asleep. If you fall asleep, it's an indication that they don't want you to see it. Um, you'll get a headache and you can't you can't do it. Mm -hmm. They're like, nope. Um or uh they'll show it to you and then you forget it. <laughs> Every time you try to write it down, you're like, what is it? What was what was I looking at? Um, so yeah. So the, you know you brought you just brought up a good thing a good topic. Like, how do you know when you're ready for this? And how do they know when you're ready for it? I and mean, at what point in your lifetime, you know, would you be able to see them? Do you think? Well, if it's if it's for your evolution, if it's for the greater good of you, like, if, if you have something where, like, you killed somebody. Right. And you're like, oh, I can't deal with that. I can't deal with that because I'm going to feel a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. If you're not able to transmit that energy, they're not going to show it to you. Um. If you're a place where you can look at it objectively and you can transmit that energy, we're like, okay, I was a dick in a past life, but I'm okay now. Um, that's a whole other ball game. Mm -hmm. So it's um, it's really just testing the waters and kind of seeing where you're at. Um, but a lot of times, if you're curious and you really want to know what's in the records, it usually means you're ready. Mm -hmm. Because okay. if you're curious about it, then there's something there that you either need to see or something you need to experience. I would say that makes sense. That makes sense. So you have a uh, what, what? Is there a new book out right now? Yeah, um, Eric Arkansas is coming out in. Uh, I just I just got the edit for the book. 
in my email today. So um, it's going to be out, I believe, in October. Well, that's really it's, cool. It's called, yeah, it's called Erie, Arkansas. My other book is Erie, Oklahoma, and Coastal Central Arizona, and all the hotspots in Arizona. So I have four books out so far. We'll see if I write any more. I'm not sure. But yeah. You seem really busy. Where do you find the time to keep churning out books? That's a great question. Um, it's kind of like my hobby. <laughs> <laughs> so I use it as a hobby. Um, I'm always doing readings and I was working. But usually, so like my last book, I was like, okay, this gives me um, an excuse to go do some investigating. So okay. I kind of use it as a way to investigate and I write about it and it's Easier that way. Okay. Um, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. How can people find you? Um, you can go to my website. But actually, go to my. The easiest way to get on me is through my podcast website, which is enviousalien.com. It's enviousalien.com. All right. Heather, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on tonight. Oh, you are very welcome. Thank you for letting me wax prolific about this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime. You're welcome anytime. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Well, you have a great rest of your vacation, okay? You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Okay. See, I didn't know anything about the, the Akashic Records until tonight, so even I learned something. Well, guys, um, this is it. Uh, this is the end of the show tonight. Tomorrow night, of course, I'm not going to be here. It's the 4th of July. You probably won't be here until the 4th of July. But the good news is that I have a pre-recorded interview for you that I did last week with a gentleman named Mark A. Carpenter. He's an archaeologist, anthropologist. And he has investigated the uh, pyramids of Mexico and ne the Nephilim. And he's got some really, really interesting things to say about this. And and how we're not getting the whole story from our from our scientific community on this stuff. So he's going to be on tomorrow. And again, that's a pre-record. So if you, if, you know if, if you see it on Facebook, and I'll be teasing it like like always on the YouTube link. Let me turn this off. I can double hear myself here. Okay, that's better because <laughs> the other mic's on. Um, but I'll be teasing it, you know, on the usual uh, Facebook places and all that stuff for you to find. But it's good. It's a very interesting interview. And what he has to say about that. In fact, it's just it's just so so intriguing. So that'll be tomorrow, usual time, six thirty p.m. Pacific. But you should be able, you know, after that, you get home from your Fourth of July celebrations and whatnot, and you should be able to just go over to you, you know, click on the link and go to YouTube and watch it. But I, th I think you're going to like it. You're going to like it a lot. And then just a word of warning, and uh, I know I I say it at the end of the video tomorrow night, but. The next interview was, is with Elena Gabor, and she's going to be on at 10 a.m. Pacific on Wednesday. So it's going to be kind of a roller coaster ride as far as you know the next two days go. But uh, yeah, I hope everybody has a safe and safe and sane fourth. And for all my friends in Europe and England and all those places, I hope you guys have a great day tomorrow. You know, and uh, I I will definitely see you back. I will definitely be back here on Wednesday to see to see everybody. Uh, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here. We just want to get the word out about our show, and uh, it seems to be working, getting that word out, getting that word out. So please do pass this on to friends and relatives if, if, you know, if you like the show, especially today. If you like what you watched, you know, if you're watching from Facebook 
and you haven't done so already, hit that follow button. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. And again, show us some love. Show us some love on Facebook. Show, show us some love over, over at YouTube. All right. All right. I will see you guys on Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Have a great day tomorrow.